Hello and welcome to Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 455. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. I think it's 455. Sure. <laughs> it is. It is. I just confirmed it right now as I was saying it. Nice. Uh, this week on the show, we're going to be taking a look at Funny Pages. This is an indie comedy that came out uh, last week, but we had off last week, so we're get, playing a little catch-up here. That's we're right. also going to be talking about what we've been watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters and on VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Remember to give us a review on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be extremely helpful. Uh, new Save by the 90s is out now. We do part one of our eerie indiana retrospective so if you're a fan of the eerie indiana tv show check it out we go through the first 10 episodes and then this month we're going to go through the final nine and then there was actually a second eerie indiana series that i didn't even know about and we're going to take a look at that too but probably not the whole series because i think it's probably going to suck and check that out wherever you get podcasts with that, I think we can get into our review. We're talking about funny pages. This is uh, written and directed by Owen Klein. I have a synopsis here. A bitingly funny coming-of-age story of a teenage cartoonist who rejects the comforts of his suburban life in a misguided quest for soul. Kevin, we'll start with you. What were your initial impressions of funny pages? Again, another one that I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't really know what this... Uh... This film was about what it was going to be. Uh, you get that early on. What is it? The Alara Pictures logo popping up. So, you know, Softy Bios being mm. producers. Yep, yep, yep. And it just, it feels like that. It just feels like a, a knockoff. Just a knockoff Softy Brothers. Like, it, like the story itself is okay, but I like the filmmaking is just completely derivative and just uneventful it, 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 it reminded form. me it, it reminded me of like one of those kind of 90s um like ghost world like i was just getting like some ghost world vibes from it yeah it's like a mix of that as if done by the softies and trying to be in the world of like arc from mm. an rvp car like a oh, yeah like oh yeah Huge, huge influences there too. To me, it just it, failed on all those levels. Um, I like the way it looked. I mean, I thought it looked good. It was shot on film. I think it's it looks like sixteen millimeter. I can't say that for sure. Looks good. I think. Um, narrative wise, didn't grab me. Uh, overall, hugely disappointed, especially with where it goes because. It doesn't go anywhere, and it, it was very frustrating to me that it didn't go anywhere. It kind of bothered me. Also, just like tonal, or like just aesthetically speaking, this movie feels old. Like it feels like it's supposed to be in the, in the 90s or maybe early aughts, but I don't think it is because there's certain... Yeah. There's certain elements that are, very, that are modern, like the, the cars and some of the other stuff. But like everything feels so old, like everything feels so dated. And it's like, well, if you're going to go that that route, just make it set in the 90s, you know, like why be all kind of like weirdly ambiguous about the time period? Yeah, 
I, 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 it's just, I'm kind of with you. It just, nothing really grabbed me. There wasn't a whole lot that's compelling about this. I think there were, there were definitely funny moments. Like this is definitely yeah. kind of, this is a kind of movie that I do gravitate towards. I like kind of offbeat indie comedies and there were certain elements of this that I thought were very humorous and interesting. Like especially everything involving his, the apartment that he finds mm-hmm. and like those, those roommates of his and just that whole situation I found to be very funny. And, uh, if you can't tell, I'm, I'm, j- I'm getting over a cold and every time I would laugh, it would be so painful for me <laughs> as I was watching this. And there were a couple times that, uh, I ended up having a coughing fit because I was laughing. Oh, no. So yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. It wasn't like a, wasn't a laugh riot, but I also had problems with, the, the main character Robert Daniel uh, Zolgardi, Zolgadri. He he's a good actor. I, I liked his role in this. Um, or rather, I liked his performance. But him as a character, I did not like at all, and I had a hard time uh, really finding any kind of connection with him because he's such a douchebag and. The problem is, like, I don't necessarily think that he's supposed to be, uh, I don't know if he's supposed to be an unlikable protagonist, but he Uh, is. No, he definitely is. You think he's supposed to be? He's, like, designed to be unlikable? Yeah, because the tagline is the story of New York, New Jersey's next great comic book artist and biggest dick. Oh, it is? He's supposed to be a dick. Which, like... Yeah, and I like I found that aspect of this of the story like slightly interesting in the sense that, you know, you know, this kid is a dick in the sense that he thinks he knows everything. He thinks that he's the one that the only one that has talent mm-hmm. and that he's going places and everyone else around him is just, you know, like drawing inspiration from him or, you know, trying to copy off of him or whatever, especially his his quote unquote best friend. And just the way that like he's so impressionable too is like I found some some of that to be slightly interesting, but again, it, it doesn't really go anywhere. It's thankfully it's short, but it also just feels like it feels like a short a short it's, film where it's, it's just like okay, yeah. that was it. That was it, it. It ends so abruptly, and there's no resolution. There's 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 nothing. Like everything is set up, but there's like there's no character arc here. Like he starts off as a dick, and the movie ends abruptly with him still being a dick. And he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he actually learns anything. No. And and at the end of the movie, it feels like we're just back to square one. Like nothing. Like if you eliminated everything that happened with him going to Trenton and meeting um Wallace and all of that stuff you could just eliminate all of that and it would be there would be nothing different you know so so everything in the movie felt so inconsequential other than you know the the specific thing that happens to his friend at the end which you know that is probably going to be no I mean clearly that friend of his Miles like is in love with him and 
as much as he's a douchebag to Miles, he'll, he'll still be coming back to him. So yeah, I don't even I don't even think what happens to him is going to be too much of a, no. a friendship breaker. No, no, and I just felt everything with the Wallace character just felt like the way that it progresses just felt very. I'm trying to it, think. Of the word. To me, it to me, it felt. It just. It didn't. It didn't feel real. It just felt no, very false it, to me. It doesn't feel real, and I also just didn't understand the point of any of it. Like, I really wanted to, and I liked the individual pieces of this movie, but I just felt like it didn't coalesce into anything meaningful. Like, there was nothing like this. This whole kind of like friendship between the two of them and how like Wallace was a an even bigger dick than Robert and like neither of them it's a movie that seems to be set up for them to learn from each other but they don't learn anything at all except that uh they're they're both bad people pretty much (laughs) and it it feels like the movie's like when it ends, it feels like it's only about halfway over. Like, yeah, what happens at the end feels like that should be the beginning of like the third act and, and like the climax and heading towards some sort of resolution or something. But it, that, but no, that's just, that's where it ends. And I don't know, man, it just, it left me feeling like the, everything was just so lacking. And uh, Yeah. I I agree with the majority of what you're saying. The other interesting thing that I found, because this is kind of another movie for me where, uh, you know, it's an A24 movie. I remember, I, you know, leading up to last weekend, it coming out, seeing a lot of buzz for it. And mostly what I'm seeing is like, oh, they, you know, the kid from Squid and the Whale, his directorial debut and, you know, making a big deal about it. A24, you got the Softy Brothers producing and I'm like, oh, okay, like, and then I come out of it like, this is nothing of a movie, like, this shouldn't be getting any buzz whatsoever. Yeah, it feels like it's kind of like a half movie. It's the, it's the, it's the beginning of a movie. And this is the thing. So I'm like, Owen Klein, I guess they're just going off of the, the squid and the whale thing. I didn't know Owen Klein is the son of Kevin Klein. Kevin. Yeah, yes, Kevin this Klein's just, son. This bunch of nepotism shit again. Nepotism. <laughs> Fucking classic Hollywood nepotism. Yeah, because if this dude wasn't Kevin Klein's son, like, no one would give a shit about this movie. Most likely, yeah. I mean, I think that it probably would have been played some festivals and got pooped out by Gravitas. Showed up on 2B three years later. Yeah. I mean... To be fair, this was one of the the A twenty four films that was released straight to VOD, oh, which yeah, is yeah. an indication <laughs> that they weren't feeling super confident about it. And I get it. Yeah. So I just, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely lacking. It, it contained a lot of elements that I typically gravitate towards. Like I said, uh, weird characters, awkward interactions and situations. Uh, there was some kind of gross stuff that happened, you know, a lot of oddballs in it. Uh, I loved um, anything that happened at the uh, when sh- when he was working at the the public defender's office and stuff. Like I liked all that stuff. I liked Cheryl. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I just I, I, it was so fleeting. Everything everything about it just yes, it just kind of happened and yes, very fleeting. 
it feels so short. Like it just doesn't feel like it's a finished product. Not at all. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the way it looks. Kudos for being shot on film. Yeah, which, you know, kudos for using film. <laughs> that, this is where we're at, you know, <laughs> in the industry tragic. right now. We where yeah. where a movie that's shot on film gets bonus points. Like yeah. that's where we're at now. Yeah, and they're like, what's even? Because I, you know, like I'm not a filmmaker, so I'm not, you know, the the availability of film and the such. You know, I don't know how difficult that is for like normal people. But you know, if you're Kevin Klein's son, I'm sure it's relatively easy. Yeah, shoot on film. Did it need to be on film? No. Did it make it better? I think think that it does slightly better. Yeah, I mean, I I think it would. I think it looks better on film. I think it was a better experience on film. Yeah, but necessarily utilize film, where it's like, oh yeah, no, no, no. It's just it's marginally better than digital. Other than like you said, the whole softy angle. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is with with softy films is that they go for like hyper realism, you know. And, the, and they, this movie definitely does not go for hyper realism. The, the all of the the characters in this in this movie are, are very, very much, you know, caricatures and not real, not very realistic at all. Not that that's a, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but if they were trying to go with like the softy angle, it's not that that doesn't really quite work when you have these like goofball characters. Yeah, it just it didn't work for me. Work yeah, for me. Uh, very disappointing because I was excited for this. I, th- I thought it looked, um, I thought it looked pretty pretty good right up my alley, but uh, yeah, overall not not too thrilled with it, and I will probably forget it. By the end of the year, uh, except for the scenes in the apartment, which I think were highlights because they were so weird. And I enjoyed all of the like the fact that it was always like 110 degrees. Yes. And, and just just the look when he discovered that he wouldn't even have his own room and he had to share it. <laughs> and just everything, everything about the apartment. I I liked but yeah, all right, let's go ahead and give it a score. Um, for me, this is like a four and a half. Yeah, it's like a four. All right, there you have it. Funny pages, it's in theaters and on VOD right now. So, uh, I don't know, give it a look or don't. Whatever, it's your life. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about some of what we've been watching. I believe it is your turn this week, Kevin. Oh, okay, we got NASCAR Final Destination, the NASCAR one. Ooh. <laughs> Oh man, that NASCAR one. Now is this the one with the haircut scene? Yes. Okay, and that's it's... what I thought. I really liked that kill. I thought that, that one was a good one. And I like that you didn't ruin it for me in any. Oh no, yeah. In yeah. any way whatsoever, you're just like, oh, there's a haircut kill, and it plays perfectly because the way that this movie does it is it's like constantly, like all the pieces are coming together. You know, how mm-hmm. it, it teases it out. It, like, it gives you, like, each stage of the Rube Goldberg device, like, being constructed. And, mm-hmm. like, it's all happening. You're like, oh, man, she's going to get it while getting a haircut. And then it's a complete, re- you know, misdirect. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. I loved it. Uh, this one I enjoyed much better than, than the last one, which, you know, number three or whatever. 
I found the kills to be far more entertaining in this one. Although the cast in this film is like, they feel like they're not real people. <laughs> like they're so dull and yeah. like they just it's it's like they were grown in a lab to just star in a final destination film and they're synthetic people and maybe they actually killed them like this is an elaborate scientific experiment but regardless like even in spite of that of it being it's not a, about the characters no it's not <laughs> And I, I like, the, I kind of appreciate that this movie's just like, you know what? We're not even going to fake it anymore. We, we don't. You, it's the fourth one. We know what you're here for, okay? We're not doing character develop anymore. We're going to make some racist, and then they're going to die immediately. And you're going to be happy about it. And I, I just, I had, it got back to what the second one was for me, which is just entertainment. And I had it. Well. Far more it's, entertaining time with this. It's the same director as the second one. So well, there you go. Maybe that's what it is. And the buildup of, you know, the centerpiece, the, the opening accident that happens, the buildup of that is, you know, the construction of it and the way that it plays out is far better. You know, it's just as good as the second one. Maybe not as good, but close to it. And just, you know, the kills from there on out are pretty great. I just love that like a recurring theme through this is people not closing containers or putting lids on containers <laughs> and that causing a lot of uh, accidents and death. Just put your lids on. Oh yeah. Gotta do it. Just do it. Seal it up. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I'm, I'm glad that the, uh, the franchise is, is coming back around for you after a, a, a lukewarm part three we're we're back strong with a part four now you just have one more just I part just, five but. which looking at the like banner image for this it looks like they're sticking with the like they're not real people like these don't yeah like real actors it looks like they took stills from different movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah part part five is the bridge one that's a bridge is, one yeah do they, uh, if they could tie them off, man, and that would have been fucking awesome. Oh, man, that would be great. Apparently, at least on Letterboxd, there is a Final Destination 6 listed. What? But I don't know, like, where it's at in production or anything, so. Oh, my God. Maybe, maybe we'll get that. Let's see, Final Destination 6. Let's see if IMDb. I mean, there is some kind of, uh, poster for it. According to someone on Letterboxd, they, they misspelled destination in the, the original poster. So that's not a good not a good start, but incredible. Mm, there is an there is an article here from Bloody Disgusting with the headline that says that the next movie switches up the formula. So uh I can already oh. s- tell that I'm not gonna like that. You fucking idiots. You like why? Why idiot. would you mess with the formula? You stupid <laughs> sons of bitches! What the? Fuck it it's, is wrong it with you? works. It's a formula that works. I mean, that's they cool. all make money. That's... They're all financially successful. So why fuck with it? Yeah, and that's what people are signing up for. They want that formula. Exactly. God damn it! I don't want anything. Oh god! I'll just okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Final Destination Six. Uh, I saw. 
Amityville Dollhouse from 1996. I was uh, in the mood for a, a a bad 90s horror movie, and I got it. I got it with Amityville Dollhouse. In fact, I'm I enjoyed this so much on a so bad it's good level that I'm gonna continue watching these uh these later Amityville movies, the ones that are that they released in the 90s because. It's so goofy and stupid that, uh, yeah, I just had I just had a blast with it. The, it. It has some of that great '90s prosthetics work, and um, <clears throat> it doesn't really have any kind of ties to the original. I mean, it's so loosely based. I mean, it's like the, it's about this family, and they move into this house, and there's a dollhouse that's modeled after the original Amityville house. It's just great. It's, it's on shutter. It's, it is dumb. I mean, it's a bad movie, but it's such a great like Sunday afternoon. Just turn your brain off. Just veg out on the couch. Watch this silly horror movie. And, and the other thing is like shutter has a bunch of these Amityville movies. So I'm going to, I'm going to come back and watch yeah. another one. Maybe today. I don't know. I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that one here. But uh, for you people that don't have Shutter, Tubi also has them. Tubi. There you go. I'm gonna watch the uh, the one that's like the time. Yeah, that's the one. The time the time travel one. That's, that's the, the one. one. I, that's what I was looking at. It's like that's got to yep. be the next one, right? Yep. Absolutely. Tubi takeover, world domination. Uh, I watched Outbreak, 1995. Wolfgang Peterson, rest in peace. Rip. Dustin Hoffman. I forgot how much I like Dustin Hoffman. Oh man, he's a he's a class act. Yeah. I but I haven't seen a movie of his in a long time. So rewatching Outbreak. Oh man. Well unfortunately you have Spacey to deal with in this. You do have Spacey, which I forgot Spacey was in this. But he gets it, he dies. So that's a small consolation. You also have Patrick Dempsey starting fucking everything. Way to go, Dempsey. But, uh, man, this is a goofy, dumbass movie, and I love it. Yeah, it it is. It's it's so funny. I watched this at the beginning, towards the beginning of the pandemic, and um, I forgot, like, how how ridiculous this movie is. It's like Independence Day level, where it's just Yeah, it really is. It it really is. But that's, that's what we used to get with blockbusters and we fucking loved it. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Like, and, and it, it, it kicks off in a way in which, where it's just like, Oh shit. Like stakes are high. They just fucking bomb this entire village. Yeah. Killed everyone. You're like, God damn. They, they mean business. Okay. So when it comes back, you already know what they've done in the past. So, you know, they mean business. Dustin Hoffman doesn't know, but we do. And then it just becomes increasingly ridiculous because again, us as the viewer know that the that the military is going to gun down its own civilians, so we're not surprised. But Hoffman and the other scientists are just like, "What the fuck? What the hell's going on?" And it's like, "Man, you don't even know. Just wait until you learn everything else, buddy." And then Cuba Gooding Jr. becomes like a, I guess, like the greatest helicopter pilot of all time. <laughs> Just like at the end, he's like, haven't flown for a while, but I can do it. Here we, here we go. <laughs> the greatest ever. 
it's just it's just dumb fun. Yeah, I agree. It is. It is dumb fun. And Donald Sutherland is like such a dick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's so funny too because like um, I rewatched at the beginning of the pandemic. Of course, I rewatched this and um, and Contagion and like with Contagion, like I guess I kind of thought that that's how this one would be for some reason. Like I guess because that like this is what we had. Like you said, this is what we had back then. So when like an ultra realistic movie like Contagion comes out, it you're just like uh you know it it makes this look so so much weirder yeah and that was something that i kind of had forgotten about because i i was thinking the same thing we were going into a rewatch and i'm thinking yeah i kind of remember this being like pretty realistic and then immediately just be like man i was a dumb kid i just thought that's how shit worked it's not realistic at all the only other one that I'll mention is the is called Watcher. This is directed by Chloe Akuno. This is on Shutter. Uh, I I'm not sure when this came out. I guess it came out over the summer, but I just it, it just kind of went by me. I didn't I didn't check it out. But um, I was looking for like a good thriller to 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 watch, and um, I saw this on on my list and gave it a look. It's pretty good. Nothing nothing spectacular here, but definitely some good. Um, some good vibes with this one. It's, it's got this kind of Euro thriller vibe feel feels a little Polanski esque. Uh, what we have here is uh, Micah, Mon- Micah Monroe plays um, this young woman who moves to Romania with her husband and the apartment that they're staying in. She discovers that there's this like kind of mysterious silhouette that's kind of watching her like all the time from across the street and they discover that there's like a serial killer who's um, beheading women in the area. And she begins to think that maybe like this, this fucking creepo guy has something to do with it. And there is a little bit of that whole, like, is she crazy type thing, which, you know, obviously I, I don't like that, but it is pretty, understated here um they don't lean too heavily into that trope so it didn't bother me too much um but i like Mike monroe i think that anytime that she's in a horror thriller i think that she she excels in that genre and uh, she does a good job in this too and yeah it's a slow burn like it, it nothing really culminates until towards the very end but i think that the payoff is pretty good so i would give it a a very light recommend again it is on shutter so you can check it out there it's interesting because back when i rewatched it follows i was thinking like what 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 is monroe doing because it seems like after it follows it she should have just been like a massive star i agree and i mean you know what i found out what She's like a professional kiteboarder. Like, that's her main thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I see that here. It just, it's, yeah, it says uh, professional kiteboarder. Huh. How about that? Uh, the only other thing I watched is a completely different all the other things that I mentioned, and that's Bellator's Damnation from 1988. Uh-huh. The early Bellator, uh, which was interesting to watch in the sense that he ha- it's, it has his... 
you know, his kind of like distinctive style that he's known for, but it's mm-hmm. not as developed. You know what I mean? Like, like the mm-hmm. takes aren't as long. They're relatively short. I mean, given what to what you're kind of used to in his in his work. And it's just about this guy that's just absolutely pathetic. Just a really pathetic guy. And he's obsessed with this uh, like cabaret singer that's married. And they, they're kind of having an affair. And she's, she's done with it. And he just, he's like, like um, the cinematic version of Iggy Pop's I Want to Be Your Dog. Where he's just so pathetic. He's like, I'll do anything. Absolutely. I, I will debase myself. I'll do anything to be with you. And that's essentially what he does. He just tries desperately. And he becomes just a pathetic human being. Hmm. So, you know, okay. <laughs> your standard uplifting fare from Bellatar. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, I probably won't be watching that. I'm not a big fan of Bellatar. So. Yeah, this isn't going to win you over. Yeah, I don't think I. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, anything else on your list? Uh, the only other thing would be a, a rewatch of Nightmare on Elm Street last night. And goddamn, fuck it. Oh, goddamn. It was actually a third watch. It wasn't a second watch. It was a third watch. But man, just the, the visuals in that movie are just so good. Dude, that first kill, that first kill when she's like, there's just so much blood and she gets pulled up onto the It's sick. so brutal. Fucking nuts. That, that gave me such nightmares as a kid like i could not sleep because of that scene yeah it's just so iconic to me um and, and this is a movie that just gets better on every rewatch. it truly does this is a series like just the nightmare on elm street series in general i think is one that holds up a lot just looking at the series as a whole i think is a lot more interesting than like Halloween or Friday the 13th. Like a lot of the Friday the 13th, and, and to be fair, a lot of the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels are not very good either, but they're always trying new shit. Like, I mean, obviously, like Dream Warriors part three is like awesome. And I don't know, I just I feel like they do a lot of cool stuff with this series, uh, more so than a lot of the other popular horror franchises, slasher franchises. Yeah, I need to finally move on from the first one and continue the series. I just keep watching the first one over and over. Part two is horrible, but it's also kind of hilarious, especially when you dig into like the backstory of part two and how the whole thing has become this like giant like uh like uh it's like the babadook where it it became this like big gay um like celebration okay so and you'll see you'll very quickly see why when you see part two it's it's so hilarious gotcha and then part three is the one with patricia arquette and that's the one where you have the dream warriors where it's like a group it's like a team of people who purposely go after freddy in the dream world nice. so it's sort of like aliens in that regard but yeah that one's awesome too and then of course like new nightmare flips the whole series on its head i'm looking forward to this yeah it's a great series all right let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week barbarian that's really the only one of note looks there's a there's a faith 
based one coming out too, but I'm not even going to mention it. Barbarian looks pretty good. I'm excited for this one. Um, hopefully it's got a lot of cool like twists and turns. Hopefully it's not. It looks like it's going to be something interesting. I'm I'm hoping that it's not kind of like the same old, same old, you know? Yeah. Because I we've seen movies that are like Airbnb's gone wrong, like that type of thing before. Yeah. So and there's even there's even one that's like I don't know if it's out now or if it's coming out, but it's like a rom com that's like almost the same premise where it's like a double booked Airbnb thing. Oh no. Hmm. Hmm. Ha ha. But anyway, I'm pretty excited for this one, so I'm I might try to get to the theater to see this one. On VOD this week, uh, I unfortunately didn't have time to update the full calendar, so there's th- this is probably going to be missing some things, and I'm going to try to update the calendar early this week, so um, it, th- it should be up to date by the time you're listening to this. On the 6th, we have Spitfire over Berlin. We got Tiny Cinema. It's a horror movie. I think that's a, like a horror anthology. We got Our American Family. and then on. Uh, Netflix, we got another one of those untold uh, documentaries. I haven't really checked any of these out, but it seems like it's kind of like a 30 for 30 type of thing. Oh, okay. Which is the, it's, this one is the race of the century. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get Smart with Money. I'm guessing that's a documentary. Sounds horrible. Uh, the Anthrax Attacks in the Shadow of 9-11. That's going to be on the 8th on Netflix. We have End of the Road, uh, and then on Friday the 9th, we have No Limit. On Blu-ray this week, we have The Fun House from 1981. That's coming out in 4K. Got a whole bunch of Star Trek movies coming out. Looks like maybe it's all of them coming out in 4K. Minions, The Return, or the Minions, The Rise of Gru. Uh, we've got Halloween Kills coming out 4K. Quiet Place 2 movie collection. That's going to be in 4K as well. And it looks like that's about it. Spitfire over Berlin is also coming out on Blu-ray. What about Criterions? We got one, and that's Blowout from 1981. Blowout. Blowout. We were literally just talking about this the other day. We were. And you know what? This actually... It's... It, Ties in a couple ways. One, you got Owen Klein is in Squid and Whale, right? And one of the special features on this is Noah Baumbach doing an interview with Brian De Palma. There you go. Incredible. How about that? I love Blowout. I know you're a big fan of it, too. This is a re-release. This is like a 4K re-release, right? Yeah, they're this, doing This the... was previously released on the Criterion. Yeah, they're doing that 4K UHD. I think I have this, actually. I think I own this on uh, the the original Criterion Blu-ray one. Oh, boy. Might have to upgrade. Do it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That would be great. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. <laughs>